what up? Welcome to another episode of the Oakland Warriors podcast. I'm Patrick, and I'm joined today by my good friend once again, Aram in Toronto. What's up, Aram? Hey, Patrick. How's it going? <laughs> so uh, I'm 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 doing okay. I'm doing okay considering uh, the Warriors just got blown out by your adopted hometown team. <laughs> <laughs> I just live here. I don't root for the team. Right, right. So. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Aram is a SF native, like a real one. And um, he moved to Toronto, but he's a massive, massive Warriors fan. And figured Warriors and Raptors were playing. Maybe we'd hop on, talk about the game. And I was I was hyped about this because the last time we talked was uh, was the first time that they met. And that was really fun to talk about that. that yeah. It was like the, the second or third week of the season. Yeah, yeah. And the Warriors won that game in San Francisco by one. Uh, Siakam did one of his spin moves and uh, and rimmed it out. But uh, this this game was, was totally different. And I was expecting the Warriors to... I mean, this is before I knew Steph and Draymond were not going to play. I thought this was going to be a game that they were likely going to win. But... Obviously, that did not <laughs> happen. So I yeah, would, I mean, yeah. you figured it was a little bit of like B team versus B team. I mean, they didn't have Lowry either, and you know, so the top players from either team were not playing. And 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 I thought this could maybe be a Memphis style game, but uh, you know, like those back to back Memphis games a couple weeks ago, which were like competitive and fun to watch. This was not competitive or fun to watch. <laughs> I mean, this game was just brutal, man. This I, I was saying after the Kings loss and the Hawks loss, those back-to-back really bad losses, I was like, wow, this feels like 90s era Warriors basketball where it was like, oh, we're just going to lose, so let's just go through the motions and you know, jack up shots and half-ass it on – defense and whatever and then Steph came back hey you know like he's back all right we're 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 back to being who we are and now he's gone and Draymond's gone and it's like they never missed a beat of that bad <laughs> bad style of playing this was this was just embarrassing it it's really embarrassing and i i'm trying to think of this and trying to put it in perspective and in general I've been trying to think of this season with perspective, trying really hard not to overreact to uh, to wins or losses, trying not to be like Warriors Twitter. Um, because, <laughs> ult- you know, like ultimately, um, this is a weird season. It is a transitional time. Gut punch with Clay getting hurt, blah, 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 blah. Um, and, you know, they're just not that good. But it's hard not to. <laughs> It's after a game like this, it's hard not to uh, look at all the issues that are happening in the season or that have happened in the season. And and it's hard not to look through uh, a, a kind of a, a frame that is trending downwards for sure. You know, it certainly feels that way. Yeah. Um, I, again, I mean, I mean, like, like the glass half full, you know, I, I was trying to make a baseball analogy, you know, like sometimes mm-hmm. You know, late August, you know, because that, that they're in the stretch drive right now. Uh, late August, you get blown out, right? Your bullpen is gassed. You lose a game by uh, nine runs or something like that. And 
the next day you you just got to go you just get a good start by your starter and then and then you're back on the horse or whatever right mm-hmm. um so i'm i'm curious you know the the game just ended pretty, pretty like not long ago so i haven't seen the like presser i'm curious to see how kerr spins this you know there's been multiple games where he says oh terrible game flush it down the toilet you know which is that kind of baseball mentality like okay next game you know um but this is within a context of those king of the king's game the hawks game mm-hmm. um this downward trend um and nobody looks good uh people look like they're just off and nobody looks like impassioned um you know i was kind of floating in and out of this game but there was that hard foul by by lee mm-hmm. it just seemed like he was just like we're getting clowned out here we can't we can't do this like what, what's happening you know like i it, it seems like they even feel it too i'm not on the warriors uh twitter camp that says oh fire cur uh he doesn't know what he's doing you know th- there's definitely a vo- very vocal contingent that that does that and i don't I don't think that's the case. I think there's a lot of factors. I think talent is an issue. Everybody thinks Nick Nurse is a brilliant coach. Um, but look at the Raptors. Like, they're spiraling too, you know? And sometimes it comes down to talent. So how much of that is uh, Kerr and the coaching staff? How much of that is the front office and the roster construction? Um, and then, you know, I wanted to know. So so I want to know. I want to ask you a few things. Mm-hmm. Um. Like on a scale of one to 10, um, what is your faith level in Kerr uh, and in Myers? And then, yeah, and then I'll follow, ask you a follow-up question. Well, my faith in Kerr, I'm, I'm with you. I think Warriors Twitter is, is ridiculous. I think it's, it's pretty – I mean, there's some smart people out there, some funny people, but there's a lot of just garbage. I mean, that's Twitter in general, right? Just toxic yeah. as yeah. hell people mouthing off. Um, but I have my faith in Kerr is like an eight or nine. I still think he takes a, a, a bigger picture look at things. But then I also think like there's certain adjustments and changes he could make, right? Yeah. Whether it is doing a little bit more pick and roll with Wiseman, yeah. um, whether it is, you know, changing up lineups sooner rather than later. But also, I, I agree with you. It's a it's a talent issue. Just to talk about this team, it's like once there's no Steph, no Draymond, there's a massive, massive talent drop-off yeah. in terms of, I mean, Andrew Wiggins is talent, but then you, after, after Curry and Draymond, then you have like a level of mediocre vets or uninspired vets. You know, like I would put... Wiggins for as much as he can like score when he has to, he is very uninspired, you know, and he's, he can get his points, but he's not going to be like, all right, guys, let's, let's like uh, buckle down without, it's not his personality. Exactly. Uh, And it's also not his playing style, right? (laughs) No, no. (laughs) He just does what he always does regardless of the situation. And it's not a climb on my back. Like like, I'm going to carry, I'm going to carry us. Exactly. And then you have Ubre, who I think personally, he was, he, he said that like, he is just learning new skills and all this other stuff and expanding his game. I actually 
don't know how much more he can expand his game. He's I don't see a, it. He's not an instinctual yeah. passer. No, he is not a great uh, pull up. I mean, he's he's a he's a streaky shooter. I mean, that's what he is. You know, he's a streaky shooter who can dunk. He always, you know, every every game he flubs like a a layup, a dunk, yeah, a baseline drive or something like that, and. I'm not going to say he like makes boneheaded plays, but he's not Andre Iguodala out there, you know? Well, I mean, his biggest issue is the tunnel vision, you know, he just yeah. like put his head down and, and it's like for somebody with uh, like so many hops, he sure gets blocked a lot. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, it's just cause they know exactly what he's doing, you yeah, know? Yeah. Yeah. So, so what is your, what is your faith level in Myers then? That's, to be determined. I was talking to Vubang on another episode and he pointed out that as a GM, there's kind of two things that you're judged on how you draft and how you kind of construct your roster, like with trades and free agency and stuff like that. And he's had a very, very like fortunate career up in the free agency trade arena for the most part and a very poor draft record, right? Yeah. For the most part. So, but those two weeks of Jordan Poole's like ascension was like this is gonna save Myers's draft reputation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Which honestly, like I want Poole to be good, and he I has shown too. some things. But when people say like, "Oh, he's he's proof that they've drafted well and he's turned the corner," I mean, yeah, a little bit, but like he still does the same things. He like he basically sprints, you know, like that's yeah. his game is like he's not super quick. He's just like. He has like a herky jerky like pump fake, and then he will just be like, "Okay, I'm gonna run." <laughs> You're not gonna realize I'm running now, <laughs> you know? Um, it's it's weird. It's different, but I mean, I still have faith in Myers to some extent. I think. Okay, what what what's your rating though? Uh, my rating on a scale of one to ten. Um, man, that's that's a tough one. If I was going to be generous i would say seven if i was going to be harsher i'd say six but i want to see another year of wiseman i mean i believe in wiseman i want to see what happens with pool and the real 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 telling thing to me will be what he does with if the warriors keep their pick and most likely they will and if they get the minnesota pick i mean if he gets the minnesota pick at four or five it's kind of like well you know it's kind of a gimme right there. Well, yeah. well, that's the other thing too, is like, you know, it's, um, it's easier for us to, to kind of harp on the roster construction. Like they have no players. This is not a, and this is not NBA talent. Um, but it's also like, yeah, I mean, this, this Wiggins for uh Russell trade is looking like a total steal. Um, even if we don't get, even if the pick doesn't convey this year. Um, and it's also like considering the, I mean, they have three massive or four, four massive salary anchors, you know, so there's only so much flexibility to, to work within in terms of roster construction. Right. And all, furthermore, too, also, you know, to be fair, you know, once Clay went down, I think they probably would have, they probably lost a chance at several uh, veteran bigs like, oh, Mark Gasol probably said, like, wow, that's not really a viable option anymore. But, totally. Yeah. Um, but so, okay. And, you know, I asked Kerr and Myers. Now, I left out ownership. What's your level of faith in ownership, 1 to 10? Honestly, I have the utmost faith in ownership just because they keep spending. So I'll give mm-hmm. them a 10 right now. I'm 
I don't read much about, I haven't read much about them, so I don't know. It's true. You haven't heard much about them. Yeah. Yeah, There's kind of staying, which is a good, which is a good thing. Yeah. So that's another, never team ownership. That's another 10. Joe Lacob rages in, in, uh, in private, apparently. (laughs) But real quick, I actually want to go back to Myers. Um, There's another thing, right? Like, because you're right. I've talked about this before, but I forgot (laughs) that he orchestrated the whole, like, he was able to get value from losing KD, right? And that mm-hmm, led to mm-hmm. uh, uh, Russell and then Wiggins and the pick, right? So like, he is good. He is better at the at the um, salary cap and uh, free agency and trading stuff for the most part than he has been in the draft, yeah. right? But like, yeah. the draft is a whole nother conversation because like we could look at each of those players and say like, well, Hey, he looked right about second rounders Jordan Bell and Patrick McCall until those guys had some kind of like weird issues and decided yeah. that they, you know, could not play well. And then, you know, Jacob Evans was a wash and, you know, or not a wash, he was just bad. Wash wash out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Wash out. <laughs> so ownership, they get a 10 for me. The for me, the only thing, and you know, this uh, the reason why I thought of ownership when we're talking about Myers is because, you know, he, he, Myers's role and his, his office has to work in concert with ownership. And it's also a little bit like odd with the Laker boys, you know, and there's, I mean, I don't know how much Smiley Geach is a real handcuff and it's so down roster that like, maybe it doesn't really matter, but, but it, it, I don't know that, that, that always just seems a little weird to me. Um, the kind of uh, Lake of Boys incursions into personnel, but I, I mean that's also their job. And um, uh, and you raise a good point about yeah, you, you haven't heard anything from ownership and they're spending money. So, um, but also to the point about you know uh, managing salary cap and assets and stuff like that. Um, that is why, and not to tread on old territory, but that is why I was a little shocked they didn't trade Oubre. But yeah. Um, I mean, all of this, you know, remains to be seen. Um, it's just hard to know where they are in, in, in the progression of like, what, what do they think their trajectory is? Cause I feel like there's been a lot of mixed messages. Um, I personally think they have to, they have to make the playoffs. I think it's going to be good for morale. I think it's going to be good for uh, player development. It's going to be good for team leadership, both, you know, on the court and off in terms of like the front office and ownership and like just down the line, even if it's a play in game, like, and that's why it's just like, it's so frustrating to watch these, these, these blowouts, um, these, and and getting blown out is one thing, but like listless blowouts, you Mm -hmm. know, where just everybody's like, I mean, losing sucks for everybody, but just to see the, the attitude and the, um, the morale's really, really gone down in the last few weeks. And and that's definitely, you know, um, due to Steph being out. I mean, you saw in that Bulls game, it was just like, it was just like, it was back, you know, like they were back and having fun, but it shouldn't just be on him, you know? Um, I guess there's a lot of young dudes who are trying to learn how to play. The, the veterans on this team are also relatively young in the NBA, like Lee and, JTA, like they've only been in the league for a few years, but uh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. It's just, it's just so hard to make uh, a 
make a judgment about this team and its direction. Yeah, I mean, a couple of things. I also think that they should have traded Ubre. I wanted them to. I mean, I guess they didn't get anything that they felt they wanted. And who knows, maybe they're okay with just losing that, you know, salary slot if Ubre walks. Honestly, like I don't really enjoy watching him play basketball. You know, I've, I've it's never. It's not a good fit. I've it's never. Not a good fit. I've never liked. You know, people just put their head down and and drive, tunnel vision, like you said, and, I, yeah, he's he's he doesn't play like a, a a fun brand of basketball. I mean, sure, he can dunk, you know, really easily with those crazy ass arms, um, but in terms of the trajectory of this team, yeah, like that's the thing. Losing is one thing lack of progress is another, right? And I've said since the beginning of the season that whatever happens, you just want to see progress, right? Yeah. And the Hawks loss, the Kings loss, and this loss, that shows a lack of progress because they're yeah. not even fighting. That's yeah. the thing you yeah. don't want to see. You could get yeah. blown out. You can get blown out. Scrapping yeah. or and- gr- Grizzlies loss, fine. Uh, Sixers loss, fine. I'll take it. Like Those were like you know, encouraging games. Like you saw fight, you saw, you, you saw something And the, these games. Um, it, it's, it's, I think it's the trend of things mm-hmm. uh, of, of where it's going. That is concerning. Yeah. And in terms of like where this team goes from here, you know, I also check myself about not having knee jerk reactions to single games, like whether it's a huge win or a huge loss, but that, like I said, after the two in a row, the Hawks and Kings, I was like, well, that's two. And now this is three in like a week. And these aren't just losses. These are bad losses, like mm-hmm. losses that are just, like we said, blowouts and where you just kind of lay down and take it. And basically, I think the Warriors just really, really are getting a look at the souls of their players. You know, mm-hmm. like who yeah. do they have? And it's a bummer that it has to come to this because, you know, after those mediocre or uninspired bets that I mentioned, then, yeah, you have the inconsistent 19, 20, 21 year olds. I guess there's no more 19 year olds. They're all 20 or 21. And that happens, you know? Uh, so when you don't have Draymond or Steph out there, the lack of on-court leadership is stunning. Yeah. You know what I mean? They don't have a vet who is willing to step up or, I mean, I'm guessing like if you put, uh, if you gave uh, Juan Toscano Anderson, Andrew Wiggins skills and talent, then maybe he would be, well, he'd be an amazing player. probably. <laughs> he'd be like Kawhi Leonard or something. <laughs> <laughs> the Warriors wouldn't be able to afford him, <laughs> but you know. Uh, but there's only so much a, a, a two-way player who gets inconsistent minutes can can speak up. Yeah, and, totally. You know, Ubre's not that guy. Wiggins is not that guy. Lee, no, no. You know, as, as much as he would like to be, he's not. And you know, it's <laughs> there's. There's a lot of holes in this team, but if I take a step back, I mean, I've always said it's about next season. Um, but again, like it's just the the way they lost is 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 bad, and it's bad for the 
the young guys. I agree with you that yeah. I want them to make the playoffs because these guys need a W stamp at the end of the season, even if yeah. you know they get swept. You know, um, I mean, because that'd be a W because they got in past the play-in round, right? Yeah. So yeah. I think I'll even take important. the play-in round. To be honest, <laughs> like just to even you know, like I want to see them under real pressure. You know, like it, like getting through the slog of a season is one thing. And then you have this play in game. There's going to be a lot of pressure. You know, I think we've talked about it at some point that like, I want to see Wiggins have to make a shot. You know what I mean? Uh, Yeah. I want to see Wiggins make a corner three in the last two minutes. Like in the Miami game, he could have cut it to like, six or something like that in the last minute and a half and he and he missed you know and that's yeah. gonna happen but i want to see what he looks like under pressure yeah i want to see what wiseman can do like full tilt just going after it you know like this is it yeah. do it right um and then and and anytime you have steph and dre on your team i i'll take my chances you know and that i feel like hey if we get if we face the jazz like I mean, I don't think we'll win, but I think the Jazz not going to feel great about that matchup. So I like that prospect. Yeah. So I like I, I want to see it. I want to see it. Yeah, but, I yeah. do too. So we got to do it. We got to. <laughs> yeah, and especially if there are some fans, I think yeah. that would be huge. Obviously, if you get them at Chase Center, I think that'd be huge for the young guys just to experience that. And to see Steph and Draymond take their game to that next level. Uh, I mean, they've seen amazing so, things, but like they haven't, they haven't seen that. Yeah. Well, I mean, that, that raises a good point that I wanted to ask you too. So not only evaluating the, the people who run this team, but evaluating the season within the circumstances, you know, like all teams have had to deal with COVID, but mm-hmm. you know, in different ways. So, how much i mean i don't know about you but i'm tired of covid you know like this is, <laughs> yeah. this is really wearing on me so like how how does that factor into how you evaluate a team full of young players uh a team without kind of like um su- support veteran leadership mm-hmm. beyond the 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 two you know stars like and they've had, you know, a few COVID problems it hasn't been huge, but it's been enough to be disruptive for sure. So, so how do you deal, like, how do you factor that into your evaluation? You know, is it, is it a, is it a thing where you say like, you know, I mean, I like to say for myself, like, you know, anything that happened in 2020, it doesn't count for me. You know what I mean? <laughs> like I get a mulligan on 2020. So, 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 I mean, I think you do have to think of it a little bit as a factor. I don't know. How do you feel about that? Yeah. I mean, in terms of like record and standing, like you said, every team has gone through that. But then when you look at like the roster and you look a little bit more micro, you do have to take that into account. Right. I mean, you look at someone like obviously James Wiseman who hadn't played a real organized game in 13 months by the time he suited up against the nets. I mean, he's, he's had it rough. Uh, and I think you definitely take that stuff into consideration when you break down like uh, the young guys, some of the older dudes. I mean, come on, like, you know, like Andrew Wiggins, he, he's been in the league since he was 19, 20, 
he's got a family. He's probably settled into the Bay at this point. So whatever it's, it's, he's going through the same, uh, probably like itchiness that any other family man with millions of dollars <laughs> is going through. <laughs> yeah. Just me, me and Wiggins. We're, we're like in the same boat. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, but I've heard people say in, in ways you just kind of have to, uh, you know, give the season a wash, you know, like at the trade deadline, some people were like, they didn't expect much movement because it's hard to evaluate, evaluate yeah. who you have. Yeah. And I mean, there was plenty of movement, but a lot of it was like kind of salary driven and, you know, just positioning and stuff like that. And a lot of teams held on to guys because they wanted to see still what they what they have. I mean, for me, it's like I'm looking at this game and this series of games, and who do you want to actually see on the roster next year? You know what I mean? It's a good question. I mean, That's a really good question. I've talked about how I want to think about in like a, a happier way, what next year's roster in its ideal form could look like. Mm-hmm. Just humor me because it's like a healthy Steph, a healthy Clay, a healthy Draymond, Wiggins, Wiseman as your starters. And then, I don't know. I mean, like out of this bench, who would you like to see stay? Mm. Uh, I think, I think JTA definitely has a role. Mm-hmm. Um, you know how I feel about Damien Lee. <laughs> so I like him. I mean, as like a 10th, 11th guy, you know, like he's a pro. Yeah. Um, but I think that's the problem because the, you know, JTA and Lee, those are like nine and 10 guys, mm-hmm. right? They're not six, seven and eight. <laughs> like, yeah. The Warriors need a six, seven and eight. And I don't know who that is right now. Um, Pascal has not shown much this year outside of that early run. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, you know, Looney is kind of like, he's kind of like the equivalent of your uh, situational lefty, you know, <laughs> which they don't have in baseball anymore, but, but like the, you know, just the left-handed reliever specialist, like he, he should only play in certain situations, but, mm-hmm. um, but he's, you know, he's fine. Mm-hmm. So they, they definitely need, like a real talent infusion, but I don't know how that's going to happen. I mean, you look at, you look at what Miami has. Yeah. I mean, I was, yeah, the switchy wings just up and down the roster dudes who know how to win. Mm-hmm. Um, guys who seem like they have more or also guys who know how to get their shot at least, you know? And mm-hmm. it's like, we need that. I want that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, we had that. We had that for well, several yeah, years. Yeah, well, yeah, we did. We did. We it had Andre Iguodala. It was great. <laughs> I mean, you know, like, it's so easy as a fan to be like, why can't you play like this guy? <laughs> you know, like, why, why do you always make these mistakes to like a 20 year old? Yeah. Well, it's just, I, I, it was just like there were, late in the game, there was a Tyler Hero. You know, he pump faked at the three, drove in, pulled up for an eighteen footer. It was just so easy. Mm-hmm. And then Poole was just like dribbling around, fouling people, and then like 
sprained his ankle on an offensive foul. It's like, it's like, come on. Yeah, that was one of the most. Let's go. You're the same draft. <laughs> that was one of the most ridiculous, like, injury offensive fouls I've ever seen. You get called for the push off and you sprain your ankle or twist your ankle or whatever. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm looking at tonight's roster and I agree. I think uh, JTA definitely has a role in this team, especially for how cheap he's going to be. Mm-hmm. I think Lee could as well just as a veteran who, like you said, will probably be more than happy to be 10th man and be a cheerleader and come in. He'll always be ready to go, right? And Mm -hmm. he can hit a shot. Yeah, Pascal, I mean, I want to believe in that guy, but I mean- I want to too. He's a, he he, he can hit a three, he can hit a a mid-range jumper every now and then, but he doesn't really do- much else he can get his points that's what he did last year where he just drove and bully balled it and pump fake and pump fake and pump fake and then he would eventually get the foul or get over somebody and and get a shot but like i mean i wish remember how people used to compare him to like paul Millsap? paul Millsap mm-hmm. is really skilled you know yep and could he develop into paul Millsap? maybe but we're not seeing anything in terms of like post-up moves or skill sets outside of what he does like you know shooting and Paul Millsap always could rebound and play defense yeah. so it's like and Pascal doesn't do either of those yeah but, you know like they're the same size and same height but yeah yeah, yeah. kind of like yeah there yeah and Looney I think I mean I I'm fine with him staying on the team Baysmore. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> yeah, sure. You know, yeah. But then right th- then and there, it's like, okay, so then we've agreed to keep Baysmore, Looney, Lee, and JTA. None of those guys are going to scare anyone. No, no. <laughs> so we picked like, what is that? Six or five or six, like 10th men. <laughs> well, you know, that the other thing that, that scares me you know, because we're, we are definitely, you know, we're focused on making the playoffs this year, but we're all thinking about next year. There's been, I, I feel like there's so much, um, we're all hoping that clay will come back and right. he'll be good, but it's like, that's, there's no guarantee. I, I'm, I'm quite worried about that. I, I don't, I don't, there's no, yeah, there's no guarantee. I, I feel like people are putting too much on that. Mm-hmm. We just don't know. We just, yeah. Yeah. And he might come back and he'll be Kyle Corver, which, you know, is still useful. <laughs> but yeah. It's yeah. Not, it's not clay. <laughs> I mean, he's already said that he's not going to like be coming back in terms of minutes, at least for the first few months, right? Like in terms of like, yeah. he'll probably be capped uh, in terms of how long, how many minutes he plays a game. So who is going to take? those minutes. I fully don't expect Kelly Oubre to be there. Is it going to be Jordan Poole? So you're going to try it out a lineup of uh, Steph, uh, Jordan Poole, Wiggins, Draymond, and and uh, Wiseman? I mean, that makes me a little nervous. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, that's not all of a sudden like, hey, we're contenders again, you know? Yeah. I mean, it depends. If, if Clay... I don't know who's going to be on the free free agent market. To be honest, I haven't really kept up with that at all. But could they convince somebody to come? 
with a healthier clay, you know, could they convince somebody that like, Hey, ring chasers, but there's so many other ring chasers. There's so many better teams teams. teams, That's what I'm saying. Like ring chaser teams, like the Nets, the Lakers, the Clippers, I'm sure the Sixers will attract people. Uh, The Celtics might at some point, the heat, you know, Uh, Dallas. Well, so, you know, I, I mean, do you try to make, do you try to like go all in, use the draft assets, uh, Wiseman, if you need to, it depends on who is available. I, I think, uh, quote unquote, who is available, uh, that list expands after like playoff disappointments and whatever. So, so right now it doesn't seem like any, there's anything brewing about be, anybody being dissatisfied or wanting to move, but that changes fast, right? Yeah. So do you think, um, like, what camp are you in? I know for me it's hard to fight against uh, the urge to be like, ooh, draft picks. Let's develop, you know, Jalen Green so he'll be good in four years. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, are, are so are you in that camp or are you in the camp where, like, whatever it takes to get, um, you know, fringe all-star you know, who is going to put us back into that, into that group of people who would attract ring chasers, because that's how you can deepen your roster without cap space. Cause we don't have cap space. Yeah. I mean, it really depends on who those people are, right? If you say fringe all-star like that just term doesn't sound attractive <laughs> to me. And I'm like you, I like the idea of building through the draft. I mean, if the Warriors, get the Minnesota pick at four or five. If they get a shot at Suggs, Jalen Suggs, that would be probably yeah, he, he, the he best. He might be fit. playing himself out of four or five though. I, I think he has. I think he has. I think he's like three or two at this point, depending on what team gets the second pick and what yeah. the roster looks like. Cause he's the one guy outside of Cade Cunningham. Those are the two guys that have leadership skills that could probably come in and, affect the team pretty well yeah J- Jaylen- and they both defend right That's, yeah and, and they're and they're strong yeah like he, they can defend at an nba level I exactly think. i mean jalen green i mean he he's a great scorer but apparently like limited in other things kaminga super talented but again relatively raw yeah and mobley is either going second or third so out of the draft like suggs is the one but yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. I would I would love to get Suggs because if you throw Suggs in that in that lineup with the Warriors, I mean, I love Nico Mannion, but I'm uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not on that island with you. Um, but okay, just let me let me backtrack a little bit. Okay, yeah. so not not fringe all star in like Nikola Vucevic, right? Um, maybe like fringe all star. Like young, somewhat controllable person who is a future all star. Maybe not like all NBA right now, but so for instance, a friend of mine, he was like, "Would you do the Minnesota pick?" And um, I forgot who else he said, um, "Would you do it for Shea Gildress Alexander?" Oh, like that's a fringe all star, right? Yeah, like, yeah. That's that's because fringe all star to me also mean I I took that to mean like somebody who's like they are what they are they could 
make an all-star team, you know, someone who's like 27, 28, you're talking uh Shea Gilgis Alexander, who's young. I would say yes, to be honest, because if the best case scenario for the Warriors at four or five is Green, Suggs, or Kaminga, Gilgis Alexander has just as much talent and is further along, right? He's ready to go. Yeah. Yeah. So like, especially if it's like, hey, J- Jalen Green, who was going to take a couple years, or this guy, who's <laughs> SGA, yeah. who's yeah. ready to go. And um, so, yeah, I think I think you do that. I mean, I, I I doubt that OKC would do that, but you know, they like draft picks, so I'm like, you know, they want to get on. Uh, you know, maybe they get the first pick and they have Cade, and they want to hand him the keys, and they're like, oh, well, let's pair him with uh, Jalen Green, and you know, you don't know, you never know, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, sure, sure, you can. <laughs> Or, they want to get on the Pokashevsky uh, timeline, you know? Yeah, yeah. Or maybe I'm looking at Tankathon. The Warriors have a 1% chance of getting the number <laughs> one pick. Maybe they get Cade and maybe they draft Kaminga, you know? Cade and Kaminga. There you go. I'll, I'll Well, I'll take that too. <laughs> or, or you draft Cade and Suggs and, and you have like your – you know, I mean, that's basically your team <laughs> plus Wiseman for like the next 10 years. I love clicking through Tankathon just to like try to get that uh, Warriors and Minnesota pick combination. <laughs> I think I screenshotted it yeah. and sent you one version of it too. Yeah, I've never done that. I've never done that. because <laughs> Takes a while. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah I, I can imagine. You mentioned this. Do you think Kerr's lost the team at all? I kind of think so. You know, I, I I had a list of questions that I wanted to ask you, and I added one um, when I was asking you, Kerr and Myers, uh, who gets fired first? Again, trying not to overreact. But, and and again, this is the, the second night on a back-to-back. Uh, they came into the game not knowing if Curry and uh Draymond, we're going to play. So, you know, circumstances, young team, blah, 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 blah. But to lose by this much. Um, there's been so many, uh, like, instances where they've referenced Kerr gave gave the team a, a, a speech or he's been rallying, like, we need to do this, right? He's been talking about that and talking about that, um, trying to push. Steph is giving impassioned speeches and it's not happening. So part of me wonders i don't know there's no reporting about that because reporters can't get in there so they don't know what the dynamic is like Mm -hmm. so it's just pure speculation yeah yeah so it's not really fair to to speculate but but it makes it, it i've had more question now than ever before you know and and it's also certain coaches have a better track record with certain types of teams. And maybe, you know, we forget that this was Kerr had never coached before he coached the Warriors Mm -hmm. and he came, he got dropped into a team that was, you know, young vets, people who knew how to play needed to take that next step. And he got them there. Mm -hmm. Um, But he never has coached a team full of young dudes who don't know how to play. Um, So it is like, you know, I think about when I'm teaching a class, you know, like uh, uh, 
like right now I'm, I'm teaching two different types of classes and they have two different skill levels and how I, my efficacy is different in each of those environments. So, you know, it's not to fully say it's like, Oh, it's all his fault, but you know, it's a learning process for him too. And maybe he just doesn't work well with this type of team. You know, there's plenty of coaches uh, who, who work better with a veteran group. Right. Mm -hmm. So, so maybe he has, Again, that's total speculation. I have no evidence to to base that on. But yeah. I do think he would get fired first. <laughs> How come? Uh, it's always easier to fire a coach. Yeah. 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 And, and, it, and it could be like, oh, you know, schematic difference. I, I, I already feel like there's been really mixed messages that have come out this year about how Kerr wanted to do his rotations and, you know, the kind of like, Starting Wiseman, benching him, bringing him back, uh, not doing pick and roll, doing pick and roll, and you know that's part of that's part of a season. You can't just go in, um, and and he's been accused of being doctrinaire, but uh, you can't just go in with one plan and stick with it the whole season. And you have to change things up when they don't work. So I think that's fine to to have made adjustments and recalibrations, um, but I it's but. If if you were uh, ownership or front office, you could say so and so didn't develop as they needed to. Uh, the the scheme is not right, um, and ultimately, like it, you know, it would also have to be Steph and Dre who are being like, you know, I think we need a change or something like that. You know, I right. I, I think that would be part of it. They wouldn't lobby for it, but um, but I think they might be. This is not maximizing or the league is caught up to our schemes. We need to change. Right. I just, I just think that's an easier change than overhauling uh, the front office. Yeah, I agree. I don't think he's in any danger of getting, I think he's going to get next season. I think he's going to get next season to be honest. Yeah. I mean, I think next season is like, you know, you have to give him the full deck of cards yeah. And see, like, if he really, really falls on his face with the team that has maybe an 80% clay, Steph Draymond, you've had a year, the program has had a year with Wiseman, you've had Wiggins, and then see what you can do. That <laughs> should be a like a four or five seed to me. Yeah, easy, easy. I mean, I expect them this year to be a, a four or five with clay healthy. So I have the same expectations for next year with a diminished clay and a better Wiseman, you know, Mm -hmm. I remember back in the nineties, Terry Cummings, when he was on the Warriors said something about Phil Jackson about, you know, cause Phil Jackson never coached without Jordan Mm -hmm. Pippen, Kobe or Shaq. And although he wasn't a coach in New York, he was. We what, saw how that yeah how that played out. <laughs> <laughs> but I remember Terry Cummings saying something about like Phil Jackson's like you know kind of philosophy and his style of his persona and his way of being his kumbaya, but as people used to say. And Terry Cummings was like, "Yeah, let's see how that works in Vancouver." You know mm-hmm. what I mean? <laughs> like, and yeah, who knows how Phil Jackson's coaching would have worked in a team with far lesser no talent. talent. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, like 
Kerr's system works when you have those guys, but then when you don't, it's it's not going to be as pretty when everything is based on like instinct and experience and basketball IQ, which you can develop over time. Yeah. But obviously someone like I mean, not to harp on it, but James Wiseman, right? Like he just doesn't have it just yet because he doesn't have that experience. I was watching Evan Mobley in the tournament and he's good. You know, he'll be good. His comp is Chris Bosch. Mm-hmm. James Wiseman likes to say his comp is one of his comps is Chris Bosch. And I actually think Wiseman is a better player. Yeah. Mm. Evan Ooh, Mobley. Take. <laughs> Evan Mobley is more of an outside player. You know, he's he's like a tall outside player, whereas Wiseman is clearly more of a center. But the thing to me is if Wiseman played this far into his college season, as far as like yeah, these yeah. kids have like Mobley and Suggs and stuff, like I'm like watching Mobley play and he doesn't dominate. He's very yeah. good. You can see the talent just like right there, you know, it like bubbles over the surface and then he kind of goes back into the team scheme. But the way Memphis played in those handful of games, they featured Wiseman. If Wiseman made it this far in his freshman season, his one college season and got enough experience in seasoning, like his hype would have been through the roof. Yeah. Yeah. It really would have, you know? So next season we shall, we'll see. This is part of Kerr's challenge, right? To like not mm-hmm. get blown mm-hmm. out. You can mm-hmm. lose. You can have your team lose because they're not as good or they're less experienced. But he has to figure out a way to not have them lay down. And and yep. obviously that's kind of what you're pointing to when you're yep. saying like he's lost some of them. Man, if Steph doesn't slip and fall or trip and or if the Houston Rockets coaches gave a damn and tried to stop him from falling yeah. on his tailbone, this this game, this season is is different. They don't lose all those games, right? It's true. They, it's true. They win the majority of those games. I wanted them to go four and two on that previous stretch, and once Steph went down, that was out the out the door. And same with this stretch as well. To not overreact to this game, to look ahead, they do have a a good schedule ahead of them. They are playing, you know, a lot of poor teams coming up. So it's not too late. They can turn this around. They can get into that play in, which to me, <laughs> that seems like the goal now. Or, you know, or could they get to the seven or eight seed where it's not a single elimination? Um, I think that's totally possible still. Yeah. So um, it's not all doom and gloom, but it kind of is when you lose by 50 or 60 or whatever it is. Yeah. But again, it feel good. again, like, you know, we're basing this on what we've seen the last couple weeks, you know, not so much like, Oh my gosh, this is the worst game ever. Like it's a, uh, it's, it's doomsday. You know, it's like you, you talked about trends, you said trends and that's what has the most concern, right? Like yeah, that's, yeah. that's what it is. But I agree if, I mean, they still have time. I mean, Steph hopefully his tailbone heals. I don't know how long it takes or how bad it was, but if he, plays 80% of the games left 90% of the games, then they're in a good spot. And I agree with you. Like once they get into a playing game, once Steph and Draymond are like, all right, I'm playing 
40 minutes this game. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like we're winning this play in game, you know, like they will just go out and win the one game, screw the rotations. We're just, we're just going for it, you know, or, or tweak those rotations really, really like down, you know, <laughs> I'm just thinking about how much Looney is going to play in a single elimination game. He's going to play like Kerr loves, loves Looney. Looney's yeah. going to be pushed to his limit. <laughs> I mean, he's gonna break down, man. Yeah, he's like if he's, if he's like a cartoon, like you know those cars and cartoons, like all the all the sprockets are gonna fall out of him. <laughs> yeah. Like the season has been intriguing; it's been fun, and because I've said this to you before, like as a fan, it's always about hope, and yeah, but that's what the slog, like these dog days after the trade deadline, where it where Steph is injured. And there's this vibe that like, okay, we're not very good. Let's just, you know, do this kind of like Eeyore or some shit, you know? Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. And that's what makes it actually very unpleasant, right? Like there's no yeah. hope at that point. You know, I, hope is not just like, oh, let's, let's punt and wait until the draft. Well, you know, and, and nobody's walking through that door. So those players, they have, they have a choice, right? Like they have, like the they're the only ones that's going to save themselves. Yeah. So they're going to have to do it. And it's, I know I've been throwing out a lot of baseball analogies, but it is like that dog days of summer. It's like the August um, bullpen is running on fumes and, but you're not quite at the stretch run. So you have to push through that. And, um, but they have a chance and they have a choice to do that. So I, I don't think, you know, I, I think there's people who are, um, you know, because we are Warriors fans, we're kind of like, oh, we should tank, we should develop, and we should try to get our draft pick as high as possible. It's like, no, no, no. <laughs> let's let's do this. And it has been a fun season. And overall, um, just to have you know, keep perspective about this. This is like we're still we're still in uh, pandemic times, and you know, it has been fun to watch this team. And it, it's like, and and there's not been a lot of Warriors teams like this. Uh, they've even been either been crazy bad or crazy good. So it is kind of a novel experience yeah. in, in my warrior's lifetime. Yeah. Yeah. And I agree as much as I would love the idea of having two high lottery picks, it's not worth it. You know, it's not no, worth it for no. the future of this team, the psyche of the young guys for the psyche of Steph and Draymond yep. and clay. I mean, I'm looking at the standings and the warriors right now are, if this has refreshed, I'm not sure, but like more or less they're in the 10th spot and the Kings are like a half game behind them. And after the trade deadline, I was like, all right, okay. So the Warriors are hundred percent going to make it because the Pelicans are the 11th team and they're like four or five games out of 11 of 10. Mm-hmm. But now <laughs> the Warriors it's getting tighter. <laughs> Cause when I said that the Warriors were higher up and now the Warriors are 10th, and they're 14 games out, and the Pelicans are one game behind them. Yeah. Right? So they could easily drop. They're, they're only two games above the Thunder, who are third to last in the West. And then it gets to the Rockets, who are like, you know, the Warriors are nine and a half games ahead of them. Um, so it could, you know, get bad. But then you look up, and they are four games behind the Mavs who are in seventh. 
The Blazers are a little bit out of reach because that they're seven yeah, games behind yeah, them. They're, they're not going to get to six. But um, you know, like, but the Spurs are in eight or something like that. Right? Yeah, I mean, I still fully expect the Warriors as long as Steph plays the majority of the games. I fully expect them to get into into the play in round or whatever. So, um, and man, like it sucks. It sucks that James Wiseman has had such like a herky jerky career, (laughs) you know, going back to like his college days. And then Mm -hmm. he starts the season right out with COVID misses training camp, obviously no summer league. And then he starts, then he gets pulled. Then he, you know, then he hurts himself. He gets hurt. Yep, yep. got the and wrist injury. A couple of COVID hiccups and all this weird stuff. And sometimes, man, like this is going to sound harsh, but sometimes his feel for the game reminds me of Antoine Jameson's rookie year, where Jameson was trying to transition from being a power forward to a small forward. Mm-hmm. Not exactly the same. And and I think James Wiseman has a much much better feel. Uh, but just seeing him out there. And hell, if you're going to try things, this blowout at the hands of the Raptors is is one of them. But man, he tried some things that were just <laughs> bad. Like, did you see the one where he like dribbled a bunch? He was like dribbling through his legs at the top of the arc with Boucher on him, and he put a I move uh, to go in the lane. I think a few plays, a couple plays in a row or close together, he ended up on his on on the floor on his front side. Like he was like pissed cause he thought he got fouled, but like he tried to get past Boucher and then somehow either someone tripped him or stripped him or he stumbled or whatever. And he just splayed out and it was like, Oh, that's, that doesn't look good. <laughs> <laughs> and then his post-up moves don't really move no. anyone. Oh, the posts is oh the post-ups are just, and he tries it's the same for move. anybody. It's bad for anybody in this, in this era to post up outside of, Jokic maybe but Embiid. especially yeah oh yeah Embiid of course yeah but you know like he <sighs> he does the same move every time like he'll he'll get the ball he'll face up and then he'll dribble one way and try to spin and it's it hasn't gone particularly well and go ahead try it try it. that's fine like I'm not I want him to get this out of his system and things that he's doing against Coach Collins in practice dominating, <laughs> dominating him, dominating forty year old. <laughs> you know, like you know, if it, try it in a game and see if it works. So, uh, but that being said, man, like I still believe in the kid. I still believe like he's going to be much better next season. They have to convince some some old head vets to come though, because yeah, I think they you know you think that. about like the you think about like the David West effect. Yeah. Um, can we get somebody who can do that? Yeah. Right. Just hold it down in a second unit, knows their spots, knows a role, um, keep the locker room together. I mean, that's a lot to ask, but yeah. surely there's somebody out there. Yeah. <laughs> that's the thing, right? Like bring it back to the beginning of our, of this podcast. It's like without Steph, without Draymond, like they have a bunch of vets without that experience and talent. Right. Mm-hmm. And all the guys with the talent are like 20 years old, or maybe it's just James Wiseman. You know what I mean? Like, well, they're, they're guys who don't know how to play in the league yet. Yeah. You know? They don't know their spots. They don't know, you know, 
they they ha- haven't played enough to to know that. Right. And yeah, I mean, next season, I agree. They need to get like one or two of those guys to just be the adult in the room like Iguodala was. To be the person kind of like whispering in someone's ear, being like, yo, yo. And then also being able to like, you know, get on the court and and do his thing, right? I mean, David mm-hmm. West was the perfect version of that. So, um, yeah. Or like the earlier, you know, would be like Jermaine O'Neal, yeah. Jared Jack, you know, like those guys. Yeah. Jared Jack, he's still out there. He he's still playing. He's still playing. <laughs> he's available. Did I tell you when I heard his name during the broadcast, I thought he was a coach because <laughs> I was like, oh, Jared Jack is helping Brian Shaw on this. And then I see him like, Swish a bunch of jumpers without even touching the rim. I was like, yeah, still got it. Still, still got still it. Still got it. Um, yeah. Anyway, um, the last thing I will say is, well, let me just read off the plus minus <laughs> for the Warriors tonight. Uh, <laughs> just I, I looked at that before we we got okay. on. <laughs> okay, just for fun, I'll just do the the starting lineup. Okay, I'll give you the 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 bottom three, and you guess. <laughs> Well, and you got to tell me the number too. Minus 37. Um, I'm going to say Wiseman. No, he was minus 32. <sighs> okay. Next. Another minus 37. <laughs> oh, uh I got a Jordan Poole. No, Ubre, Ubre. Correct. He was yes. one of the minus 37s. Yes. And Jordan Poole was also a minus 32, just like uh, James Wiseman. And well, the other minus 37 was Andrew Wiggins. Okay. So those okay. are like appropriate pairings, right? Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Wiggins and Oubre. It's the, the Kerr rotation. Yeah, yeah. And then the third one is minus 36. Oh, so it's not one of those four. Um, who would have played enough to get that? Um, JTA? Nope. He was minus 20. No, no. Oh, um, Nico? <laughs> nope. Nope. Minus 17. Um, oh, Bazemore. <laughs> right? I, I love the definitiveness, but no. <laughs> what? Minus 12. Whoa, base bar minus 12. Good. Good for him. Um, Think about who was like really, really in. I know you didn't watch the whole game, but who was really, really in the meat of the parts that you watched? It it can't be Damian Lee. Damian Lee! No! No! It's not possible. Minus 36. Why, Damian? Five fouls. Right. I didn't mind that hard foul. He was pissed off. I mean, the I, best was part too. was that both he and Ubre played 18 minutes each. Oh, God. <laughs> 18 minutes, minus 37, minus 36. Oh, man. At least Wiggins He's- earned his minus 37 with 27 minutes, and Wiseman and Poole earned their minus 32s with 31 and 30 minutes. So, yeah. yeah. So, I, you know, I when you when you look at those like deep minus numbers, and, and then you think about like a like a, a, a cumulative season plus minus rating. It's like whoa, 
it's gonna take a long time to get back from this yeah dig out of that hole anyway all right on that note (laughs) this has been another episode of the oakland warriors podcast be sure to subscribe and follow wherever you get your podcast check us out at oaklandwarriors.com and feel free to hit us up on twitter at oakland warriors the oakland warriors podcast is produced by national film society that's it Music in this episode provided by Paper Sun. Special thanks to Paul Amardo for production support. See you next time, and go Dubs. Go Dubs.